Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Stavropoulos of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene in Toronto. Today, I want to say to you, be encouraged. Be encouraged, my friend. That's our theme. The story in the life of Joseph in our Holy Bible provides us for many reasons why you and I can be encouraged. Uh, it's obviously been a very difficult time. It is a difficult time with the COVID-19 virus pandemic. But through it all, Joseph gives us some wonderful reasons to be encouraged. So if you would turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 37, and let's discover together some beautiful reasons to be encouraged. By the way, I hope, I hope you will stay with us, stay with me right to the end of the message for at least two reasons. One is we, um, we have got a lot to learn from Joseph that will really help you and your family. And as well, if you stay with me to the end of the message, towards the latter part of our time together, I will share with you what I hope and pray will turn out, will turn out to be the biggest good, the biggest good that will come out of the COVID-19 virus crisis. What might be the biggest good from something terrible? Stick with me and you will find out. First of all, our first truth today is this. Be encouraged knowing your life is in the hands of God. Be encouraged knowing your life is in the hands of God. I believe that was one of the main reasons Joseph, son of Jacob, was able to persevere through many of the hardships and crises in his life. And it was because he knew that his life was in the hands of God. Think about it with me. When Joseph was 17 years old, his brothers, who had become very upset with him for various reasons, had actually planned to do the unthinkable. Here's what we discover in Genesis chapter 37, beginning at verse 18. It says... When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, this is out in the field, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him. Think about it. They're talking about killing their own brother. How terrible can that be? Let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. A cistern was a big pit. We can tell our father, a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. The bottom line is, his brothers were planning to kill him. Then they changed their minds and decided instead to sell him as a slave to make some money. And that was thanks to a suggestion by one of the brothers. Joseph ended up being purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Genesis 39, verse 6 and 7, says the following. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there... He didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, 
And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Now, Joseph absolutely refused to do what Potiphar's wife was begging him to do. In her anger, however, she accused Joseph of attempted rape. Terrible. The result was Joseph was thrown into jail for something he never did. He was innocent. He had no desire to even get close to that woman. He tried to avoid her at all costs. Think about it with me. How did Joseph manage to persevere? How did Joseph manage to persevere when his brothers threatened to kill him? When he was sold into slavery? When he was thrown into jail for something he never did? And when Joseph went through many other hardships and heartbreaks, how did this young man stay encouraged and not give up? I believe one of the main reasons Joseph was able to survive and thrive was because he knew that his life was in the hands of God. That's what it boils down to. My wife Cindy and I live near Lake Ontario. Sometimes I'll walk across the park to Lake Ontario and... uh, I'll have a lovely walk along the shoreline. There are many days when it is very windy, and especially on windy days, the huge Lake Ontario waves come crashing in against the shoreline. I'm sure you've seen this sometimes yourself. I look at those waves several feet high come crashing against the shore, and I say to myself, Boy, boy, I'm, I'm sure glad I'm not in the water. And I'm glad there is no person in the water that I need to go and rescue, go and help. It's, it's dangerous when the waves are smashing in and the wind is howling. Yet, as the wind howls and the growing waves come crashing in, I look out about 10 meters, 30 feet from shore, and there's a group of birds, sometimes ducks, geese, swans, seagulls, and those birds are in the water. Brother Lionel, those birds are in the water, even in the winter, and they are sitting on top of the water, calmly riding the waves, as if they were totally at peace, as if there is no storm. I've often looked at those birds, especially on days when the wind was strong and howling and the waves were smashing against the shoreline. And I thought, I thought, how can they be so much at peace in the midst of the storm? How can they be so much at peace? And then I answered my own question. Those birds are at peace because they are in their own element. Christopher, those birds are at peace because they are in their own element. You and I are also 
in our own element. When you are a child of God through faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you are in God's element. You are in the hands of God. You're in his element. And so be encouraged because of that wonderful news, because of that great truth. One of the things that has helped me the most during these days of the crisis with the COVID-19 virus pandemic, one of the things that has helped me the most, church family, is the great news that your lives, your lives, and the lives of your family members and our church pastors and I have been praying for you, praying for you regularly, by the way. One of the things that has helped me is knowing that the lives of my wife and my children, their spouses, my, my grandkids, my extended family, and of course my own life, we are in God's element. Amen? We're in God's hands. And I believe that is what helped Joseph in our Holy Bible. Be encouraged, knowing your life is in the hands of God. Psalm 31, verse 15, beautifully says, my future is in your hands. Why don't you repeat that with me? Repeat with, with me, church family. Lord, my future is in your hands. Think about that. That's a beautiful truth. And by the way, if as yet you have not, you have not put your life in God's hands, this is the time to do it. Repent of your sins, please. Believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and pray, Lord, come into my life. I place my life in your hands. I give you my heart. I give you myself. Would you please do that today? Don't delay, but say, Lord, I truly give you my heart and my life. Let it be so. There's a second truth about Joseph's life that I believe can also keep you and me or help you and me, and it is this. Secondly, be encouraged. Be encouraged knowing that the Lord is with you. This is beautiful news. Be encouraged knowing the Lord is with you. I believe this is another reason why Joseph was able to persevere through many of his hard times. When Joseph was purchased as a slave by Potiphar, Genesis 39 verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. The Lord was with Joseph. When Joseph was thrown in prison because of the false accusation of, of attempted rape, Genesis 39, verse 21 says, why don't you read it with me if you can see it on the screen. But the Lord was with Joseph. Notice, the Lord was with Joseph in the prison 
and showed him his faithful love. Raven, isn't that beautiful? So, uh, read it again. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Wow. Wow. God was with Joseph when the warden of the jail put Joseph in charge of the prison as well. Genesis 39, 22, 23 declares, Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Notice that repetition. The Lord was with him. My friends, during these days of our battle with the coronavirus, the COVID-19 invisible enemy, be encouraged, knowing, knowing that the Lord is with you. The Lord has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten us. The Lord is with us. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All of us, of course, need to practice what has been called in the news social distancing or, or physical distancing, which basically means staying away at least two meters or six feet away from each other to help prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus. And now, of course, we've been told to stay at home as much as possible. Our schools are closed. Many companies and organizations have, uh, have closed, and even churches like ours, churches across the world, have had to close to help prevent the spread of the virus, and I want to thank our people for your cooperation and understanding. Some people, of course, have had to be temporarily laid off, and other people are losing income or have lost income due to the virus. During these difficult times, be encouraged that the Lord is with you. You are not alone, my friend. Amen. Be encouraged also knowing that the Lord is working through, through churches like, like Rosewood Church of the Nazarene and many other churches. The Lord is working through the churches, the places of worship. Uh, by the way, I know that uh, some of you here have, have been chuckling over the fact that this week we gave out some toilet paper to some people uh, who were in need. Uh, stores have run out of toilet paper, and I know some of you have been chuckling about that, but that's okay. We want to help each other by whatever means possible. Amen? The Lord is also working through our health department, our health department in Toronto and Ontario, in Canada, across this great nation of ours. The Lord is working through our, our doctors and nurses, our hospitals, our medical laboratories to help in the fight against covid 19. The Lord is working through companies as well to help lift the burden. I hope you heard that this week, for instance, this is, we could give many examples here, but this week, Home Depot donated, donated 20,095-20095 masks to help hospitals that need them. And that's wonderful to hear. That's just one little example of how some companies are helping. The Lord is also working through our politicians, like the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, 
Unfortunately, oftentimes our politicians are criticized, but I believe most of our politicians across Canada have been working hard to help our Canadian people, and we should be grateful. Amen? We should be grateful. Premier Doug Ford announced on Tuesday, March 24th, that Ontario was switching to what they call off-hour pricing for electricity for the next 45 days, knowing more and more people are having to stay home because of COVID-19, and, and, and so therefore using more electricity. Our provincial government is trying to be helpful in lowering our electricity bills. We need to be appreciative of, of small and big efforts like that. This past week as well, on behalf of our federal government, Prime Minister Trudeau announced that $2,000 per month for up to four months will be given to you if you lost your job or you lost income due to the COVID-19 virus. Also, now there is no waiting period, no waiting period for employment insurance applications. Our government is taking these steps to help Canadians, to help you, you in accordance with your need as well. And so if you have lost income due to COVID-19, please pay attention to our government's announcements in the news and to how you can apply for the help that is being offered by our federal government. Our government is also providing assistance to families and businesses in many other ways during the COVID-19 crisis. Please listen to the news so that you can discover how you perhaps might be assisted. My friends, I do believe that the Lord is with us. And I do believe that one of the ways the Lord is working is through our city, provincial, and federal governments, and we need, we need to be thankful for the hard work of our politicians like John Tory and Premier Doug Ford and uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. Let's not take their work for granted, but let's truly say, Lord, thank you for what these men and women across the country are doing for the people of Canada. Be encouraged knowing that the Lord is with us. Isaiah 41, verse 10 beautifully says this. Why don't you read it with me? If you can see it from the screen, why don't you read it with me? It says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Those are the words of the Lord. He's speaking those words to you and me. He says, I will strengthen you and I will help you. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Isn't that good news? Praise the Lord. Let's take that promise to heart. Here's a third reason to be encouraged. Number three is this. Be encouraged because God is going to bring about a lot of good out of the bad. Stick with me now. Be encouraged because God is going to bring about a lot of good out of the bad. In Joseph's life, we see how he went through a lot of bad and terrible things. In fact, uh, from about age 17 to age 30, 
It seemed like his life was filled with heartache. Sometimes you probably feel that way too, don't you? That you feel your life is filled with heartache for different reasons. His own brothers intended to kill him. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused of attempted rape and thrown into jail for years. And while in jail, he helped the chief cupbearer. And uh, he, he asked the cupbearer when he was freed to please speak to the king about releasing Joseph, who was innocent of all charges. But Genesis 40, verse 23 says, why don't you read it with me? It says, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot forgot, the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. How terrible, how heartbreaking. It wasn't until two full years after the chief cupbearer was freed from prison that Egypt's king, the Pharaoh as he was called, had some major dreams, and no one could interpret them. At that point, the chief cupbearer spoke up and, and said this to the king. In Genesis 41, I'm just taking a moment to turn to it here. In Genesis 41, beginning at verse 10, here's what happened. Some time ago, and um, he, he is... Uh, he is speaking here to, to the king, all right? The cupbearer is speaking to the king, and he says, Some time ago you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. And everything happened just as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Verse 14, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I've heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. Verse 16. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Isn't it wonderful how Joseph was giving God the credit, by the way? And so as the story unfolds, Joseph interpreted the Pharaoh's dreams and, and basically told him that Egypt, that Egypt was going to have seven years of great crops and prosperity, but that the following seven years would be terrible years of famine. In fact, Joseph said, this famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. That's what the scripture says, Genesis 41, 31. Joseph told the king 
He needed to find an intelligent and wise man and, and put him in charge to prepare for the years of famine, of trouble. Well, Pharaoh saw the brilliance. Pharaoh saw the brilliance in Joseph and chose him unexpectedly to prepare for the famine years. He appointed Joseph second in command of Egypt. From the age of 17 to the age of 30, Joseph went from the pit to the palace. From the pit to the palace. After seven years of abundance in Egypt, the famine hit hard. It was terrible. Genesis 41 verse 57 says, And people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. When Joseph was about 39 years old, Joseph's ten older brothers who had sold him into slavery about 22 years earlier, Joseph's ten brothers traveled. They traveled from their homeland of Canaan to Egypt to buy grain to keep their families alive. They actually met Joseph. They met Joseph, but they did not recognize that he was their brother. They didn't recognize Joseph as their brother, whom they had planned to kill and eventually sold into slavery 22 years earlier. They had sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Now, there's a whole lot more to the story that happened but eventually, Joseph revealed to his brothers who he was. And in time, after their father died, after their father died, they became very scared. They thought, Dad's gone. What is Joseph going to do to us now? They became scared stiff, thinking Joseph would either, either punish them severely or have them executed for what they did to him years back when he was 17 years old. Now here, here my friends, are some of the most beautiful words in the Bible spoken by Joseph to his brothers found in Genesis chapter 50, beginning at verse 19. I tell you, every time I think about Joseph's response and every time I read these words, whether it's in the New Living Translation or in the King James Version, my heart is just so touched, it's hard for me to explain fully to you. But Genesis 50, verse 19 says, Joseph replied to the brothers, Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save, so I could save the lives of many people. 
No, don't be afraid, says Joseph. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Lionel, aren't those encouraging words? Aren't those incredible words from a man, in this case, named Joseph? It's just incredible. What was Joseph saying? Church family, what was he saying? To you who maybe are tuned in for the very first time, what was Joseph saying? He was saying, you meant evil against me, but God, but God brought about a lot of good. That's what Joseph was saying. Joseph was saying, because of all that he went through, he ended up being second in command in Egypt. And through his God-given skills and planning, he saved the lives of many people. Saved the lives of many, many people during Egypt's terrible seven-year famine. My friends... No one knows, no one knows exactly how and why the coronavirus or the COVID-19 virus got started. Although we have heard some reports that have said that the virus somehow jumped from wild animals, the wild animal population into the human population. We've heard a little bit about that. It is turning out, it is turning out to be the worst pandemic of our generation. However, be encouraged because God is going to bring about a lot of good out of the bad, out of the core COVID-19 crisis. I do believe this. Now some of you, some of you can point uh, to some good already. As more time passes by, we will be able to point out additional good things that come from this crisis. Here is something good and great that I spoke of actually at the beginning of the message that I hoped you would listen to until this point in time. Here's something good and great that I, I pray will come about which many of you have possibly never thought about. Are you listening? Are you listening? All right. Here's what I want to say to us. For many years, for many years there have been some governments around the world that have operated some secret laboratories developing what is often called germ warfare. I don't know if you know this, but sadly, this has been going on. I'm not a scientist, but before I went to seminary to become a minister, I earned a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Toronto. I studied some of those great subjects that many of you have studied, I'm sure, as well, like like biology and, and chemistry and 
microbiology and organic chemistry and physics and calculus and zoology and biochemistry. Christopher, don't those subjects bless you and excite you? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sure many of you have studied them as I have as well. Again, I want to say I am not an expert, but what I do know is that any time a researcher starts to try to manipulate bacteria or viruses, no one knows. No one knows what kind of a monster will be created. No one knows. Also, these tiny bacteria and even smaller Smaller, smaller viruses especially, they are so small that they can be very difficult to keep locked up in test tubes, in laboratories. No matter, no matter how excellent uh, the, the scientists might be, no matter how excellent the procedures might be, accidents can happen. It is my prayer and I trust it is yours, of course, as well. It is my prayer that as a result of this COVID-19 worldwide pandemic, which will eventually end, it will eventually end, it is my prayer that governments around the world that have secret laboratories working on germ warfare will be smart enough that they'll be smart enough, I say, will be intelligent enough to say, listen, listen, we need to stop. We need to stop our so-called germ warfare research before something even worse, something even worse than COVID-19 is released into the population. Amen? Be encouraged. Because God is going to bring about a lot of good out of the bad. One other good thing I pray will happen. One other thing I pray something good will happen is that I pray that if as yet if as yet you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, here's how you can do so. Here's how you can do so. Would you sincerely pray this prayer with me? Now, I'm going to keep my eyes open. You can keep your eyes open too. Or you can bow your head, you can close your eyes, whatever you want. I'm going to keep my eyes open as I lead you in, in this simple prayer and just say, Dear God, thank you for loving me. Today, I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. I believe I can be forgiven because Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And he rose from the dead victorious over the grave, over the grave, on the third day. Today, dear Lord, I dedicate my life to you.
I give you my heart. Come into my life. Come into my heart. And thank you, dear Lord, for the promise of heaven as I place my life into your hands. I hope you've prayed that prayer. And if you're not a part of a church family somewhere, I want to invite you to join us at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, 657 Milner Avenue in Scarborough, or become a part of another wonderful Bible-believing church somewhere where you can worship weekend by weekend once the churches can open once again. But as we continue to pray, I, I want to also pray for all who are listening today, pray for our Rosewood Church family and many others. Dear Lord, I pray for the boys and girls and the young people and the adults of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. And I pray, Lord, for the precious people of the thousands of other churches across Toronto and Ontario and uh, Canada. I pray for the other dear people, whether they go to churches or not, I just pray for your help and your blessing, and I pray for your protection. Oh, dear God, protect our children, protect our youth, protect our adults, Lord. Protect them from COVID-19. Surround our people and protect your precious people. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would help your people, help your people during this time of crisis. Help, help the people of Ontario and of Canada and of other nations, Lord, with, with the various challenges that are being faced economically and with so many so many folks who have lost jobs or have lost income because of COVID. Dear Lord, we just humbly ask for your help for each person who looks to you, who seeks your help. In Jesus' name, I pray, let it be so. And so, my dear friends, please remember with me the truths I've shared with you Number one, be encouraged knowing that your life is in the hands of God. Number two, be encouraged knowing that the Lord is with you. And number three, be encouraged because God is going to bring about a lot of good out of the bad. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen. And just before we finish, I want to specifically speak to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family whom I love and whom our other pastors and staff members love. I want to speak to you for a moment. I want to be honest with you, with our Rosewood family. We need, we need your tithes <clears throat> and offerings to meet our monthly financial obligations. I'm just being straightforward. Would you please, would you please drop off your tithes and offerings at our church this Sunday and each Sunday, each Sunday between 3 to 5 p.m. as you enter the main church doors, you can place your offering in the, in the church-shaped box placed at the church entrance. You can't miss it.
if perhaps you arrive at the church entrance at about the same time as someone else, kindly remember to practice social or physical distancing and stay at least, at least two meters or six feet away from anyone else to help spread, to help prevent, rather, the spread of COVID-19. You can also drop off your donations in the church mailbox at any time, but obviously please do not leave cash. Furthermore, you can mail your tithes. Some of you have done that. You can mail your tithes to the church and the addresses and the bulletins you've had from previous Sundays, or you can find it on our website. Others of you can give through e-transfer. Thank you so much. Thank you for your financial support. If you are a viewer, by the way, and you attend another church, I know your church also needs your financial support. So make sure that you give to your local church, would you? God bless you for giving. Please, join us for Bible study and prayer with Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar, our wonderful associate minister. Join us every Wednesday evening at 7.15 p.m. via Zoom. We had a wonderful Bible study and prayer time this past Wednesday evening through Zoom. You can go to our church website, rosewoodchurch.ca, and uh, by going there, you can get the instructions as to how to join us for Wednesday Bible study and prayer at 7.15 p.m. using Zoom. Thank you so very much for sharing this time with us. May God bless you. On behalf of my wife, Cindy, and I, and our pastoral staff here at Rosewood, in fact, our whole staff, and our many volunteers, we love you, we are praying for you, and we want God's best for you. Blessings on you. Amen and amen.